In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we are going to hear a narrative from our most recent body issue. My guest today is our second to come on and read and discuss expressing their stories through poetry. I'm so excited about it, but before we get into the episode, I want to put on your radar a special writing retreat I have coming up in January. It's called The Story You Need to Write, and it's a luxurious four-Saturday writing workshop that will take place from the comfort of your own home. What is your body to you these days? This workshop is designed to help you carve out space to use writing as a tool to enter into a dialogue with your body about what the two of you have been through as a result of a cancer diagnosis. It's meant to help you move forward feeling more grounded. I want to help you use writing to connect with and feel whole again. And it's for you if you've experienced surgeries or not, if you've had radiation or not, or chemotherapy or not. Simply by the nature of being told your body was growing a cancer, you may be feeling disconnected or even betrayed by your body. You may no longer recognize yourself in the mirror. Together, via guided prompts and visualizations, we'll explore your feelings and stories through writing. So check it out. Save your seat, wildfirecommunity.org workshops. The first of four sessions will begin on January 14th. I hope to see you there. All right, on to today's episode. My guest today is Pai Pajeski. Pai describes herself as a hesitant writer who works to serve the public as a library staffer. Pai is thriving after having had two breast cancer diagnoses. The first came at age 37, and the second was a local recurrence at the age of 59. Pai lives in western Pennsylvania with her husband. They have two daughters who walk through the cancer journey with them, once as small children and more recently as adults. Pai says she would love to sit and chat with you all over some tea, English breakfast with milk and sugar in the wintertime, and endless iced tea with lemon in the summertime. Hey, welcome to The Burn Pie. Thank you, April. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks. So this is Ink by Pai Pieski. No ink. Reprimanded. Cheerful, well-lit rooms. Don't write on your hand with that pen. It's bad to have ink on your skin. Permanent markers could be toxic and never, ever get a tattoo. Words you should not forget. First ink. Nervous. Darkened basement. Stick and poke tattoos. Five small permanent dots. Map of a battle plan against rogue cells. A forever reminder. As if I could forget. 
Kinship Inc. exhilarated. Brightly lit studio amid a riot of graffiti buildings, specialty equipment, 20 years since my first ink, a symbol of unity among those joined by blood, as if we could forget. Temporary ink, dreading, low light of the holding area. After signatures on mountains of paperwork, my surgeon inscribes her initials on my skin, indicating where she will cut. A seemingly endless day, my partner will not forget. Removing ink, desperate, glaring light of the operating room, she signs her initials yet again, written notice to the invading cells. One of the first ink spots was sacrificed. Yet she saves the kinship ink as she works to save my life. This kindness I will not forget. Disappearing ink, hopeful, unseen light beam heals by destroying. Boundaries defined with markers that fade. Now just a memory. Its work is shown by the changes to my skin. My body cannot forget. Healing ink, determined, light from inside, writing words for someone walking through their own journey with ink. They may be out there somewhere. This I must not forget. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Pai. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's take a quick break here for a testimonial. And when we come back, we'll chat. Those of you listening, stay with us all the way till the end. I have a writing prompt for you as well. Hi, friends. There is now a wildfire book in the world. It is a big, beautiful compilation of my favorite essays from Wildfire Magazine, spanning all the way back to our first ever issue in 2016, up to the summer of 2022. This book took years to create and is literally the resource I wish I had had when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This book is called Igniting the Fire Within, and it's made up of 50 essays that really dig into the experience of having breast cancer in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. Every stage of breast cancer is represented from DCIS to stage four, from all sorts of walks of life from all around the world. Our writers go deep and get vulnerable to heal their own experiences and to let others like you know that you're not alone you will find yourself within these pages. Get Igniting the Fire Within, stories of healing, hope, and humor inside today's young breast cancer community on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle now. Curl up with it today. Hi, my name is Jenny Lai. I live in New Jersey and I was diagnosed with stage 2B triple negative breast cancer at age 33 in 2016 when I was 28 weeks pregnant with my daughter. I recently attended a free wildfire pop-up writing workshop for the young breast cancer community. This workshop series is a wonderful way to engage in therapeutic writing and also connect with other survivors. April's writing prompts provide a blueprint for your creativity and self-reflection to take off. April has created a safe space for survivors to be vulnerable, hone writing skills, and find the confidence to share their story. I really enjoyed taking the time to write and reflect on my own story but listening to others whose stories really resonated with me was deeply moving and powerful. Thank you so much for that love, Jenny. 
Welcome back, Pai. Thank you again for that beautiful poem. You're welcome. So I want to just dive straight into this, the format that you set your poem up in. And I'm hoping that you can take us kind of behind the scenes and in the writing. But, we, you know, we go through no ink to first ink, kinship ink, temporary and removing ink, disappearing ink, all the way to healing ink. And I love this analogy of following a, a life through this this idea of ink, tattoos, writing, art, all of it. So can you take us, I guess, first into how this poem kind of came to you and and the the behind the scenes of that? It started out as just a couple of lines because I do have a tattoo that is body art and in addition to my radiation tattoos. And I have a friend who feels very strongly about not liking tattoos. Mm -hmm. And with another friend, I was like, hmm, who's going to tell her? And so, you know, scribbled a few lines and then it just, it just kept adding to itself. I don't think I've had that experience before with writing of just how something just grows like that so unexpected from how you started out. And then I, I did start, um, you know, thinking about, okay, well, what is the experience with ink that I had? And, you know, thought about my first um, medical tattoos and how, I mean, they actually in that um, paragraph first ink, I mean, it, it sounds like my misspent youth if you don't read it carefully. But no, that was the experience of my first medical tattoo. <sighs> and um, then just uh, the kinship ink, my, my um, adult daughters and my husband and I went um, to get matching tattoos. <laughs> and it had started out, the girls were like, oh, we're going to get sister tattoos. And um, then, you know, my husband's like, hey, I want in on the game. And then the girls are like, oh, mom wouldn't want to. I'm like, don't you be telling mom what she doesn't want to do. <laughs> and so that was a, a a very memorable, very enjoyable, you know, time spent together as a family with adult children. And um, then, you know, after that, the two instances of the surgery um they, you know, just the the process of, and, you know, I'm just thinking about the fact that the different ways ink is used, the surgeon, you know, marks your body to make sure it's, you don't get wrong site surgery because that is an issue. And so, you know, she's writing on you as well. And just echoing in my mind the whole time is back when we were a kid, you're just told not to write on yourself ever at all. And that's it. And then with, um, Disappearing ink, that was my um, second instance of radiation, and my doctors decided not to uh, go with permanent tattoos, but instead use markers and stickers. And in this case, I just tell everybody, I think these techs couldn't decide if they wanted to be preschool teachers or in the medical field. They get a little bit of both. Um, and then and then healing ink is, you know, the, the writing process of um, sharing our own thoughts, but... Uh, you know, encouraging others to share. And I think that's one thing I see a lot through wildfires. It's not just the instance of, oh, here's my thoughts and it's important for me to share because I'm an expert. But it's more a matter of I am sharing my story. I'm encouraging you to share your story as well. Your story is important as well. And I would like to hear it. And I would like to encourage you to share. Mm -hmm. 
you know, when we were talking about this, um, kind of the behind the scenes, you know, you shared with me this Madeline Langle quote that I thought was so powerful along those lines of, you know, writing as as healing and the ink, you know, what that enables us to do to connect. I don't know if you have that quote in front of you, but I I have it. If If you don't, I can read it. You could read it. I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah. Well, it was stories make us more alive, more human, more courageous, and more loving. And I mean, I don't think this will come as a surprise to anyone that I believe that very, very strongly. But what I hadn't thought about until you pointed it out to me was this literal vehicle of the ink that is letting us do that. And I think that's one of the most powerful parts of. Well, it's not the most powerful part of writing, but it is a powerful part of writing where it's or I guess it's so meta. Right. But it's like, you know, we're talking about this, this ink and the metaphor of it. And it is the ink itself that is enabling you to communicate that to me and for me to see my experience in your experience. And you cast me right back into that radiation room laying on the table Um And I wonder if it was the same for you, but something that you wrote made me think about the difference between choosing the ink that's on your body, the tattoos, and then not choosing it, you know, having it be applied to you because it's a medical situation, whether it's tattoos or the marking that the surgeon is putting on you. And for me, that was a really alienating experience to experience my body as a canvas for someone else to do their work. And I almost felt like I wasn't a part of it beyond transporting that body to that office again and again and again. How was that experience for you? It, I think it was different each time. Um, there, There's a 22-year span between my two instances of cancer. So the first time around, you know, it's all new. I'm I'm caught up in a world of you know, experiencing this, plus having two young kids who at times would actually come with me to appointments. My friends would sit with them in the waiting room because it just made more sense time wise to, you know, have them there for because for the amount of time that it actually takes to get the treatment, it's almost not worth, you know, the other arrangements that you would make. So, you know, my mind was, okay, are the kids behaving in the waiting room? And also just this this whole experience of what is going on, what is happening here. Whereas the second time around, I don't want to say you're more, I guess you're more used to it or you have more idea of what to expect. And it's not as threatening because you went through it the first time and it wasn't all the dreadful things that you thought it would be. I mean, thinking that, oh, getting a tattoo is going to be the dreadfulest thing in the world as I'm getting these tiny, tiny little pinpricks, you know, somebody sitting there with a bottle of ink and a needle, literally, Um, you know, and and then just hearing that, you know, tattoos are bad, Mm -hmm. you know, echoing your mind. It's like, well, but these tattoos are going to be good. These tattoos are serving a purpose. So it's, you know, the tattoo itself isn't bad it's it's Mm -hmm. a tool and the ink itself it's a tool through all these things i mean ink ink can be used for bad you know you can write very very terrible things with ink so it's a choice are we going to use this tool for good are we going to use this tool for healing Mm, i like that 
I want to come to another part in your poem when you talked about the surgeon sparing your tattoo. And I could hear a lot of emotion in your voice, you know, when you read that. Um, can you take us back there? And and that was that a surprise to you? What I told my surgeon is I said, I know that your job is, you know, to to do your job. I said, I, I don't know anything about the surgery. I don't know what you need to do. But, you know, if you can save it, please do. If you can't, it's not important. I mean, I have the experience. I have the memory of that event with my family. But um, she was able to save it. I don't I don't know to what extent she went because I don't know where the, you know, the lines would have originally been drawn if I didn't have that. But yeah, but I did find it interesting that, you know, one of one of the original dots was obviously sacrificed. But um, and I think the other thing that makes me emotional when I read that and it and it happens every time. And it's interesting because you have these you feel like you've processed these thoughts. And even when I'm writing it, I didn't find it very emotional to write. But to say the words as she works to save my life, it gives you pause. You you stop and think again and get reminded. Because I think sometimes it's not that we forget, but it's just not foremost in our mind. Mm -hmm. Like some days you can wake up and not think about the fact that cancer exists for a little bit, a little while. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's not foremost in your mind. But then when you say a phrase like that, it's a reminder. Mm -hmm. You feel the gravity. And, uh, mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and it also, you know, reminds me to be thankful. I mean, I'm a person of faith and I thank God that I had the expert medical help that I had, um, that I have the community that I have to support me. It just... It's just another reminder to be thankful. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned um, community because I wanted to ask you about that. Um, so will you remind me how long ago your second diagnosis was now? Um, it will be two years. Now. Okay. Yeah. And so I think I met you a year ago or so, maybe a little more than a year ago. Um, and so I wanted to kind of pick your brain for a moment about how how you're using community this time around and if it's different than than your first experience of breast cancer and also your feeling about um you know being in the young breast cancer community you're kind of at you know your age is a little bit um I don't know how to describe it. It feels like you're in a little bit of a in-between, you know? I, yeah, I yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, so I'll start with my first time around because, you know, at 37, I was considered young and that was quite a long time ago. And so, you know, things were medically different than they were back then. And you didn't have, or I was not aware of as much, you know, patient advocacy in regard to support groups and such. And um, I I did have good emotional support through my faith community. And so I didn't really look for specifically cancer support groups because I, I felt that, you know, I was being well taken care of there. Um, this time around, I did find that, you know, we have nurse navigators and we have, you know, social workers and we have people 
who are encouraging you to participate in different things. Every examining room you sit in, you know, has posters on the wall of this group meets this time, this group meets this time. Yet I still didn't feel at that time that I wanted to jump into that. Again, faith community was being very supportive. I mean, the the things that people did for me were just amazing. And I am very, very grateful and thankful. But then, um, you know, as time goes on, and I think you've probably experienced this and probably most of our listeners, listeners haven't experienced this, whereas, um, you know, in the beginning, there's this big flurry of, oh, okay, let's do something for this friend. And then it dies mm-hmm. down. And and that makes sense. And I'm I'm not saying that in a blaming fashion. That's just the way we are. I do the same thing myself. But then, you know, your life continues on changed by this experience and so i wasn't necessarily looking for community when i came across wildfire uh what i was doing is i was sitting there one evening on my couch as um the way i described it to myself was um it was one of those i don't feel like going to bed and not sleeping evening (laughs) okay Yes, we all know what those are. So I was, um, I I actually know um, Kim Bowles, not putting on mm-hmm. a shirt, um, through another connection. And so I was looking at her website and Wildfire was listed on there. And so then I, I answered the tell your story writing prompts just for my own benefit. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to answer these questions. And then when I realized oh, the deadline was like a couple hours away for submitting, I was like, well, I could do that. And I went back and forth because first thing, I am no longer <laughs> too young. Um, but, you know, in my first instance, I was. Um, I don't consider myself a writer. My name will stand out no matter where you put it. And so and this was still very personal to me and I was feeling very guarded. So I did end up submitting under my initials. You guys accepted my submission, and that was my introduction to the wildfire community. And I started to see that this was an opportunity for me to share in in ways that I hadn't with the other people that were supporting me in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so... And just it's the relationship has developed over time. It's kind of ebbed and flowed as various things happen in my life. And uh, uh, but yes, having having the writing community and and actually the fact that it happened during COVID, I think, was very helpful as well, mm-hmm. because it just, you know, the the platforms lent themselves to being able to connect with people who you wouldn't necessarily run into in your own physical community. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting hearing you describe how it's almost like you kind of just stumbled upon, you know, a resource that you didn't even necessarily know you needed. And I wonder if you have now discovered that it feels maybe a little different to be connected with others who have also had a cancer experience versus your faith community, where I'm sure many also have had a cancer experience, but that's not what brought you all together versus an environment like wildfire. 
you know, when I do my writing workshops, we always start by kind of going around and explaining our cancer stats, but then we build from there. (laughs) Whereas in another group, you might happen to just discover, oh, we have this cancer thing in common. So I'm curious, Mm -hmm. you know, now that you've been in the community for a while, how does it feel? Like, do you, do you, have you found it to be a different sort of um, nurturing, I guess? It is. Um, I I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It is just different. Um, there's there's a lot of explaining that you don't have to do. There's a lot of phrases that you can just use and people understand. There's also a level of, I don't know if compassion is the right word, Um I don't know. There's, there's, a, there's a bonding. There's a, um, I mean, cu- community seems to be the best word, but I feel like we've used it several times in several sentences. Uh, but there is, yeah, there's, there's a bond. It, it's what it reminds me of is like, if you run into, you know, high school friends or cousins that you were close to when you were young, you kind of pick up where you left off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to start the conversation all mm-hmm. over again. And I feel like that, within the wildfire community, you have that as well. I may know nothing else about you, but we have this shared experience that gives us um, gives us an opportunity to talk and an opportunity to encourage each other. And we have understanding of each other that others may not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you just summed that up really, really well. Um, I want to just backtrack for a second for anyone um, listening and and just acknowledge what you said that we did have published you twice in Wildfire. The first one was under your initials, and that was in our grief and acceptance issue in 2021. And I really appreciate that this essay, or I'm sorry, this poem that you just read today, you did decide to publish under your your full name. I've introduced you here under your full name. So you're allowing us to see you in a different way than that first time that you published. And I, I'm highlighting it because I want people to know that they have permission to write and express themselves however it feels comfortable. And sometimes it feels most comfortable with a little bit of a, an, an anonymity to it, you know, a little bit of a shield there. So how was it different for you this time when you decided to put your name on it? Well, I had um, at the time become part of the C. Jane Wright Collective, and so which I met through you, of course. And so very, very much encouragement for writing there. So with C. Jane Wright, it is just writing in general. It is not specifically cancer survivors, although there are members of the group who are. And, you know, they'd been encouraging me along the way. And I had this idea in the back of my mind to start a blog because actually when I was first diagnosed, I had a friend who said, you need to write all this down. My friend happens to be a publisher. And I told him (laughs) to every hammer, everything is a nail. Of course, you think I should write, you're a publisher. But, you know, I was started writing things down, got involved in CJ and write and had an idea to start a blog and so I set my goal that I would launch it one year exactly from when I finished active treatment. 
And that just happened to almost correspond to the deadline for the body issue. I think the, the deadline for the body issue was like possibly three days before. And so I already knew that I was going to be putting my name out there with my blog. And so, you know, get, getting to the point where I had been comfortable with that had been more of a process than just a matter of, you know, submitting ink for wildfire. Mm-hmm. But I had decided, okay, this is, this is the direction I'm heading and I'm going to jump in with both feet. And so there I did. Uh, I love it. And and I love the way that you just described it too, that it is a process and um, it's very individual for each person, I think. So Yes. Definitely. You are the queen of Segway today. Every question I have lined out, you have just teed up perfectly. So my last question for you is to tell us about your blog and where people can find you online, read more of your writing and learn more about you. So my blog, since I don't really consider myself a writer, even though my friends keep encouraging me to see myself more that way, I... And, and I don't feel that I'm an expert, but as a friend pointed out to me, you are an expert in your own experience. Yes. So what you're sharing, you're sharing from your own experience, your medical knowledge, you're sharing from your own experience, not because you have a medical degree. And so um, some of it was just sharing some of my thoughts um, of different experiences, like, you know, what it felt like to, you know, go to surgery on a cold, dark winter morning while at the same time um, a sample of the timber was getting an all-expense-paid trip to California, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just the juxtaposition of that. And um, I, I've i chosen to do a couple things because in, in the course of a blog, you know, you can write and go everywhere. So I, in my focus, I decided I'm going to have, um, you know, pieces of my thoughts and my experience I would have um, people who are making a difference. Uh, so people who have either, you know, through their cancer experience are serving the cancer community in some way, I'd highlight them. And, oh, yes, by the way, I did highlight you. I'll see you. Thank you. <laughs> and then, uh, you're welcome. And then um, on, I work in a library. I love books. I love children's books. And so I'm on a quest to find children's books that deal with a parent having cancer. And so I've reviewed a few of those. And then I like to laugh. And so I do write parodies. So yes, ink makes me cry when I read it. But some of my other stuff, I I write because it makes me laugh. And if it makes somebody else laugh too, that's great. <laughs> because, you know, y- you need to be able to laugh along the course of things. Um, Another Madeline Langle quote, which I don't have in front of me right now, but basically it's in Wrinkling Time. And one of the missuses says, you know, the only way to deal with something dreadfully serious is to take it lightly. Yes. I love that. So, and also thanks to Wildfire, I'm on Instagram. Yes, I've come kicking and screaming into the 21st century. And so my Instagram um, was set up so I could participate in the uh, live event that you had for the launch of the body issue. But then I've been able to use that to highlight local events, uh, you know, fundraisers, uh, bring attention to various things that are going on. So 
I'm using my two platforms a little bit differently, but they are related. Perfect. Okay. So say your, say your Instagram and say your um, blog address, and then we'll link to them. Okay. So my Instagram is blog.forthegirls. Got to keep that dot in there. <laughs> so blog.forthegirls. And my blog is www.blogforthegirls.com. Excellent. Like I said, we'll link to it there. So Pi, thank you so much for joining me here today. Everyone, you can find Pi's poem, Ink, in the June-July 2022 issue of Wildfire. That was our latest body issue. Thanks again, Pi. Thank you. I'm April Sterns, and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn is a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our now 39 issues in the Wildfire archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There's no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. Don't forget that we also have a downloadable guide. I've pulled out some of my favorite writing prompts and quotes from the last year of The Burn. You can get that at wildfirecommunity.org slash The Burn. Finally, here is your writing prompt. I want you to set your timer for eight minutes, write without stopping or editing. I want you to tell your story through an object or a particular lens. Today we heard Pi tell her story through this idea of ink, ink on the page, ink on the body. I want you to tell your story through an object or a particular experience that spanned your life. It might be ink for you, it might be something else. Set your timer for eight minutes, write without stopping, see what needs to come out and where it will take you. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.